Welcome to the True Crime Truckers Podcast. This podcast deals with true crime and subjects such as rape, murder, and sexual assault. This podcast may not be suitable for younger listeners, so listener discretion is advised. number one, causing the death of Jimmy Ray Payne by asphyxiating him with objects and by means which to the grand jury are unknown. Second count, accusing Mr. Williams of murder of Nathaniel Tatum. The indictment of Wayne Williams was handed down by a 25-member Fulton County grand jury. It had been hearing evidence in the case since early last week. District Attorney Lewis Slayton presented several witnesses, police investigators, a forensic scientist, and the mother of Wayne Williams. The evidence was enough to indict Williams for not only one, but two of the 28 murders of young black adults. The 23-year-old Williams became a suspect on the morning of May 22nd. Williams was seen driving across this bridge, moments after a police stakeout team heard a splash in the Chattahoochee River. A few days later, the body of Nathaniel Cater surfaced downstream. Wayne Williams was born on May 27, 1958, and raised in the Dixie Hills neighborhood of southwest Atlanta, Georgia. The son of Homer and Faye Williams both Wayne Williams' parents were teachers. Williams graduated from Douglas High School and developed a keen interest in radio and journalism. He constructed his own carrier current radio station and began frequenting stations WIGO and WAOK, where he befriended a number of the announcing crew and began dabbling in becoming a pop music producer and manager. Williams first became a suspect in the Atlanta murders on the morning of May 22, 1981, when a police surveillance team watching the James Jackson Parkway Bridge spanning the Chattahoochee River, a site where several victims' bodies had been discovered, heard a, quote, big loud splash, suggesting that something had been thrown from the bridge into the river below. The first automobile to exit the bridge after the splash at roughly 2.50 a.m., belonged to Williams. When stopped and questioned, he told the police that he was on his way to check on an address in the neighboring town ahead of an audition the following morning with a young singer named Cheryl Johnson. 
However, both the phone number he gave the police and Cheryl Johnson turned out to be fictitious. Two days later, on May 24th, the nude body of Nathaniel Carter, age 27, was found floating downriver, a few miles from the bridge where police had seen the suspicious station wagon. Based on the evidence, including the police officers hearing the splash, police believed that Williams had killed Carter and disposed of his body while the police were nearby. Investigators who stopped Williams on the bridge noticed gloves and a 24-inch nylon cord sitting in the passenger seat. According to investigators, the cord looked similar to the ligature marks found on Carter and other victims, but the cord was never taken into evidence for analysis. to the growing list of suspicious circumstances, Williams had handed out flyers in predominantly black neighborhoods calling for young people, ages 11 to 21, to audition for his new singing group that he called Gemini. Williams failed an FBI-administered polygraph examination. Though polygraph results are not admissible as evidence in criminal courts, Fibers from a carpet in the Williams residence were found to match those observed on two of the victims. One of the fibers involved was, was just as rare as a fiber could be and still be a man-made fiber. The distinctive fibers were traced to carpeting manufactured by a small company in South Carolina. Just over 1,500 square yards of the carpeting were sold in the Southeast. And when they searched the Williams home, in June of 1981, they found a house full of carpeting made of that fiber. Additional fibers from the Williams Homes vehicles and pet dog were later matched to fibers discovered on other victims. Furthermore, witness Robert Henry claimed to have seen Williams holding hands and walking with Nathaniel Carter on the night Carter is believed to have died. On June 21, 1981, Williams was arrested. A grand jury indicted him for first-degree murder in the deaths of Nathaniel Carter and Jimmy Ray Payne, aged 22. The trial date was set for early 1982. When the news of Williams' arrest was officially released, his status as a suspect had previously been leaked to the media. FBI agent John E. Douglas stated that if it was Williams, then he was quote, looking pretty good for a good percentage of the killings, unquote. Douglas had previously conducted an interview with People magazine about profiling the killer as a young black man. This was widely reported as the FBI effectively declaring Williams guilty, and Douglas was officially censured by the director of the FBI. Jury selection began on December 28, 1981, and it lasted six days. Nine women and three men composed the jury. Among them were eight African Americans and four Caucasians. 
His trial began on January 6, 1982 in Fulton County. During the two-month trial, prosecutors matched a number of the victim's 19 sources of fibers from Williams' home and car. His bedspread, bathroom gloves, clothes, carpets, dog, and the unusual trilobal carpet fiber. Other evidence included witness testimonies that placed Williams with several victims while they were alive, and inconsistencies in his accounts of his whereabouts. The most important evidence against Williams was the fiber analysis between the victim whom he was indicted for murder, Jimmy Ray Payne and Nathaniel Carter, and the 12 pattern murder cases in which circumstantial evidence culminated in numerous links between the crimes. This evidence included witnesses who testified that they had seen Williams with the victims, and some witnesses suggested that he had solicited sexual favors. Williams took the stand in his own defense, but alienated the jury by becoming angry and combative. The prosecution's presentation of the case had been criticized to the extent that in some jurisdictions it might have resulted in a mistrial. In particular, two separate FBI agents testified that the chances of the victims not having come into contact with Williams was, quote, virtually impossible, based solely on comparative rarity of the fibers which were found on the victims, which seemed to match the fibers which were found in the suspect's car and home. After reviewing the case, Georgia Supreme Court Justice George T. Smith deemed the evidence, or the lack thereof, inadmissible. On February 27, 1982, after 11 hours of deliberation, the jury found Wayne Bertram Williams guilty of the two murders. He was sentenced to two consecutive life terms in Georgia's Hancock State Prison in Sparta. After Williams became a suspect, the killings stopped. As always, you can contact me at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group at True Crime Trucker Podcast Group. You can also join Age of Radio's Facebook group at Addicted to Podcasting. This is a group dedicated to the show hosts and fans of Age of Radio shows. You can also visit my website at www.ageofradio.org slash true crime truckers slash there you can browse the bazaar where you can purchase items from our wonderful sponsors as well as browse other shows on the age of radio syndicate you can also find me on instagram at michael.prit81 i will return in two weeks so until then stay safe